Sam Saraswati Namaha. Namaste. Namaste, everybody. This evening on page 296 of the Chandi Path, we are going to begin the study of Triodash Adhyaya. That means the giving of boons. Uh, ultimately, I mean, we started out and we were in this darkness of duality and we sang the Vedoktam Ratri Shuktam and we said, hey darkness, thank you so much for coming, but now it's time for you to depart, bring the light. Dawn comes and then the sun rises and we see, we in the first chat episode, we see too much and too little saying, hey, you don't have enough. You got to get an education. You got to get a job. You got to get them paid. You got to get some money. You got to, you got to. And then you went out and did all the karma and you said, you got to pay the grocer. You got to get a haircut. You got to get, take out the garbage. You got to get rid of something. And so the first episode was the story of putting too much and too little in the balance. <laughs> I would sneeze at that too. Now the second episode, the middle episode, was the story of, hey, what do I want to do with my life? How do I know what's too much and too little unless I know what for? <laughs> I can't tell you what's too much unless I know what it's for. In comparison to what? Uh, I, in comparison to Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, it, I, I, it's just a little mushika shaman. Uh, we don't have enough. <laughs> but in comparison to the, the, to the little bird on the, on the tree, there's a lot. So now, in the second episode, we cut down calm, crude, low, mo, moda, matsarja, anger, passion, desire, greed, attachment, and jealousy. We cut them all down, then we come up against the great eagle himself. She takes away his energy, she gives it to us, and we get to go back to heaven. We become gods and goddesses enjoying the clear perception of the kingdom of heaven. And then we sing a great praise, a great hymn of praise to the Divine Mother, and she says, I like your singing, you sing pretty good. What do you want? And we say, whenever, Sanskrita, Sanskrita, Tvamna, whenever, whenever we remember you, then and there you'll give us intuitive perception. You'll take the energy away from the Asura, the Asura me, and you'll give it to the divine me, and we'll all become gods and goddesses again. Tiki? I'll give you that boon. In the third episode, uh-oh, self-deprecation and self-conceit kick us out of heaven again. They still steal all the sacrificial offerings. They take them for themselves. The gods get nothing. <laughs> and we're relegated to roaming around the earth in the bodies of human beings drawing lines on the earth and saying, this is mine, that's yours. Ah, and I'm taking over Ukraine, and I'm taking, it's like a Game of Thrones, all over again. Ah, so then we go to the Himalayas, or at least to the mountains of Napa. We pray to the Divine Mother who comes to us in a manifested form, and we say, and we bow to you, we bow to you, we bow to you continually, we bow, we bow. Ya Devi Sarvabhuteshu, Matri Rupena Shamsdita. And in the form of the mother, we bow to you, we bow to you, we bow to you, we continually, we bow, we bow. And she said, okay, I like your song, what do you want? And we said, self-conceit and self-deprecation have taken over the world. And she said, okay, pray to me regularly. Jamo twam bhujre shami, tabo twam baba. As long as you worship me with one-pointed attention, so long I'm going to sit still. 
Bulls back in our court. Well, we started praying and singing and chanting and we sang the story of the way that God has burned sinful eyes to incognition with the mantra. She took Chanda and Munda, anger and passion. She cut off their heads and said, Ah, I am now Chamunda, the slayer of anger and passion. She took away the energy of the seeds of desire. She took away the plunderers of peace, those without restraint, perplexity, impossible. All those friggin' Ashuras that keep bothering us all the time. She took all the energy away from them and she cut down self-deprecation and self-conceit and we got to go back to heaven again. And what did we do when we got to heaven? Well, all we wanted to say was, Narayani, Namostute, we bow to you. Oh, exposer of consciousness, we bow to you, we bow to you. And she said, I like your song. What do you want? And we said, Mom, whenever we get into trouble, we want you to come and help us out. And then she said in chapter 12, I will come. And I'm going to come again and again and again. And anytime you call me, anytime you read the Chandi, I will never forsake the place where this Chandi is recited with pure love and true devotion and one-pointed attentiveness. I will stay there. We said, that's cool. That's a, that's a good boon. So now comes chapter 13. Now remember the story began with the king, conveyor of good thoughts, and the businessman, pure intuitive vision. They went to the ashram of the intellect of love, alias Srima, in the top of the Himalayas at Napa. And they went there and they said, okay, how do you make your mind sit still? And the Rishi told, her, told them this story of how the mother comes again and again and again and she'll put your too much and too little into balance. She'll take away all the limitations. She'll take away the great ego. She'll cut down self-deprecation. She'll cause self-conceit to, to, to surrender. You'll put go back to heaven and enjoy paying attention to your worship. You will enjoy your life of meditation, making a contribution because of your devotion. In chapter 13, the meditation, I meditate upon that goddess who wears beauty comparable to the regions of the sun at sunrise. <laughs> That's kind of nice, kind of beautiful. Who has four hands and three eyes and who holds her hand, in her hands the net that unites all the curved sword of worship, uh, the mudras granting boons and fearlessness. She is Shiva, the energy of infinite goodness. And Om, the Rishi said, Thus, O King, I have narrated the excellent glory of the goddess. Such power has this goddess that she sustains the world. Knowledge is conferred by her, the perceivable form of a consciousness that perceived, pervades all. And by her, you, this businessman, and others of discrimination are being deluded, have been deluded, and will be deluded. Don't think anybody is free from delusion. Maya is strong. Uh, Maya is probable. When we think of Maya as the embodiment of the Divine Mother, we get blessings. And we see Maya as me and mine and all that I want to interact with, we get problems. <laughs> so we have, are being deluded, have been deluded, and will be deluded is today we know what happens and what we can do to get out of delusion. 
whenever we fall into delusion. We know she promised us, if you pay attention to me, if you sing the Chandipa, if you do the puja, if you sit in front of the altar and put down the flowers and recite the mantras and do the jap and do the tap and do according to the prescribed procedures of worship, then and there, I will remove the energy from the Asuras. I will give it to the gods. You will all come out smiling. You'll have a good time. You'll enjoy your worship. And you'll, have a, you'll be pleased to live in heaven. Oh, great king, take refuge in her, the supreme sovereign. When she is pleased, she bestows upon mankind enjoyment heaven and liberation. Bukti mukti evong swarg pradayini. Bog swarg apavarg. She will give you the enjoyment of the fruit of your karma. You will enjoy the fruit of your karma whether you like it or not. You will enjoy it. She will give you bukti. She will give you heaven. Divine perception and divine illumination. And she will give you liberation, otherwise known as self-realization. For the time that you are not deluded. It's not like she's going to give you a free pass. You don't have to come back anymore. She just, Brahma comes back. Vishnu comes back. Shiva comes back. You have been deluded. You are being deluded. And you will be deluded. But we get liberation in the knowledge that there's a way to extricate ourselves from delusion. And that's liberation. That's realization. Hey, I just got away how I can become free. Not that she can give me eternal freedom. Brahma, Vishnu, Maheshwar, they come back. If they don't get it, how can I hope that little old me is going to get it? Ain't going to happen. No, no, no. Mark and said, Thus hearing the words of that very eminent seer who had performed severe penances, good thoughts, the king of men, despondent over his, over his excessive egotism and attachment to the loss of his kingdom, bowed down to that seer. So the king, good thoughts, he bowed down to the rishi, the intellect of love. He and the very wise businessman set forth to practice disciplined meditation with the object of obtaining the complete intuitive vision of the mother. They stayed on the sand bank of the river, went next to the creek, and they, they stayed there. They made their temple there. That was the place of their worship. He and the businessman, in the radiant illumination of disciplined meditation, continually recited the verses of praise to the goddess, the Devi Mahatmya, the Durga Saptasati, the Chandipat. They prepared an earthen image of the goddess on the riverbank, which was worshipped in turns. And they did check her. Uh, you would worship there, and then he would worship, and then she would worship, and then I got a turn. And, and we just kept re rotating our schedule of worship so that worship was going on. Dinaratra, Chandipatam, Divaratra, Kuriya, Devada, Sanjaya. If you worship day and night, you become devas without a doubt, illuminated beings. So they worshipped the earthen image of the goddess that they made of their own capacity, their own, with their minds fully concentrated with the offering of flowers, incense, and fire, Deepam, Naivedyam, Pushpam, and Agravati, Dupam, Deepam. They remained without food or with limited food. Nirahar yatahara. Nir means water. 
So with water as their food, or without anybody's food, with anything, without anything, or yet the heart, without uh, 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 limited food, or uh, 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 disciplined in their uh, intake of food. That means they weren't gluttonous. Mm -hmm. They didn't gorge themselves like we did on Mother's Kitchery on Sunday. <laughs> they gave the offering sprinkled in blood taken from their own bodies. I mean, they really got into it. <laughs> so, hey, we're going to take a little bit. And they, uh, there is a tradition for offering your own blood. But we'll get in. It also means your passion. It also means your love. It also means your focus. You gave the most. I'm giving... This body is nothing without you. I want you to have it all. As much as I can give. And they, thus they propitiate, propitiated her for three years with concentrated mind. Three years, Sahasra Chandi And whereupon the sustainer of the world was extremely pleased and she who tears apart thought spoke to them in a perceivable form and she got happy. After three years or during the three years after you do this same discipline of worship, what do you desire? What other things do you desire just to continue the worship and expand the worship and get deeper into the worship and go stronger into the worship and... Worship takes over our lives. After three years, we couldn't think of anything else. We got a one-track mind. And she became very pleased and she said, the goddess said, or what do you want? O king and you businessman, delight of your family, you have attained to extreme bliss and I am completely satisfied. You get the bliss and I am satisfied. And maybe it's the other way around. I'm, I got satisfied and therefore you got blissful. Or maybe I got full of bliss by looking at your satisfaction. But in any event, one of us was the guru, the other the disciple and you, there's there's the fact of being satisfied and the fact of being in bliss. Maybe we're both in both. And I shall give to you whatever you pray for. What do you want? I'm going to give you the object of your affection. To what are you devoted? Is it Jabardrishti Bhakti? Are you devoted to me in order to get something from the world? Are you still selfish or do you just want me? And then the king chose an imperishable kingdom. He said, I want to be king. I was born a king. I was raised a king. I was the king and I still want to be king. But I am the king of good thoughts and my kingdom is imperishable. Never will a bad thought ever be allowed to enter into my kingdom which will remain with him even in another life. Lifetime after a lifetime. I know Brahma comes back, Shiva comes back, Vishnu comes back. Everybody's going to come back. I'm going to come back. I don't want to lose my kingdom. You give me eternal possession of good thoughts no matter what kingdom I rule over. And also I want my own kingdom returned to me right now which was forcibly taken from him by his mighty enemies. I want that, that kingdom back too. I want this kingdom of good thoughts to start right now. I don't want any bad thoughts. And then the wise businessman, whose mind was filled with indifference to worldly objects, asked for the wisdom that removes the attachments of egotism and possession. He said, just give me the wisdom that makes me free. I want total liberation. Mm -hmm. I just want devotion to you. Mm -hmm. I want the wisdom that grants me eternal devotion to you. 
I don't need anything more from the world. I just want to live in my devotion. And then the goddess said, Eva must do. <laughs> oh, let that be unto you. Oh, king, within a few days, your kingdom will be returned to you. After you have slain your, after having slain your enemies, you will remain there firm and unshaken. After you death, you, your death, you shall take birth from the God of universal light. And the manifestation of wisdom, he who belongs to all colors, tribes, and castes, will be the name by which you will be known on earth. You will be known as Savarni. Mm -hmm. Remember, the first question was, where did Savarni come from? He was the ruler of the Ashtamam Mambanta. And the, uh, uh, the, the, the discourse was, in the time of when Swaroshishe was the Manvantar, Manvantar, Manavatar, Manvantar, he was the Manvantar of the fifth Manvantara, then uh, he was the Monu of the fifth Manvantara, then Swaroshishe, uh, there lived a king named Good Thoughts. And good thoughts did this tapasya, and he became known as Sabarni, who was the monu of the eighth manvanta. So his name means he who belongs to all colors, tribes, and castes. He belongs to everyone. He subscribes to the philosophy that Ramakrishna taught, he subscribes to the philosophy that Shirdi Shai Baba taught. He was a Hindu, a Muslim, and a Parsi. He subscribes to the philosophy that Shankaracharya taught. He wrote Bhajagovinda and Gatishtwam and Sivo Hum Chidananda Hum Shiva Nanda Rupashi Chidananda Rupashiva Hum Shiva Hum. He wrote a hymn for every deity he belonged to all. He was an exemplification of Savarni. These were all examples of Savarni. And here in the Kali Yuga of the Ashtamangamantar, we have Srima, who has inspired a, the translation of scriptures for every deity, and she prays in every tradition, and she inspires all of her disciples to aspire to freedom, not to use religion as a wall that binds us and blocks us and fences us in as a boundary that separates us, but to tear down all the boundaries and make us free. She is part of that representation of Sabarni. Oh, best of businessmen, hey, you a pure intuitive perception. You were Samadhi in the business of being in samadhi. I grant you the blessing that you desire of me, samadhi. I bestow upon you the fullest attainment of samadhi, and you will remain in the highest wisdom by which you will attain liberation. You are pure intuitive vision. And you will remain in pure intuitive vision and you will have the wisdom which cultivates the devotion by which you will remain in pure intuitive vision. And I, just as an aside, as a little tangent, the entire fifth canto of the Srimad Devi Bhagavatam has 2,500 verses of commentary on the 700 verses of the Chandipat. Highly recommended. Mm -hmm. But I just want to remind you that after Shamadi got his boon of remaining with the goddess eternally and remaining in the wisdom of Diana, which cultivates the highest devotion, Samadhi traveled from location to location and established the murti, the perceivable form of the Divine Mother, and taught how to do puja, and how to do the chandipat, how to do the homo sacrifice, and what does it mean in our lives. And he did Navaratri, and he did Shatta Chandi, and he did Sahasra Chandi, and he did various yagyas 
all over the world. And he's still doing them today. <laughs> Markandeya said, having thus granted the blessing as each desired, the goddess vanished. She went inside. You couldn't look outside and see her anymore. You had to go inside to find her. The goddess vanished, having been praised with devotion. We bowed to her. We bowed to her. We bowed to her. We bow. We bow. Having obtained the blessing from the goddess, good thoughts, the best of warriors, took his birth from the light of wisdom and will become the manifestation of wisdom, he who belongs to all colors, tribes, and castes. Having obtained the blessing from the goddess, good thoughts, the best of warriors, will take his birth from the light of wisdom and will become the manifestation of wisdom, he who belongs to all colors, tribes, and castes. Cling! Oh. Om Sam Saraswati Namaha. Namaste. And that completes the 700 verses. Uh, there's a lot more to go through uh, at the Upasanghar, but we'll get to that after we see if there are any questions about how the king and the businessman got the boons which made the king into Savarni, he who belongs to everybody, and the businessman into Samadhi, who resides in one-pointed illumination. We have a question from Nanda in San Jose. Namaste, Nandama! What is the difference, if any, in the worship of a Morti made from one's own hands, made of clay, or, or stone, or even of a drawing? Does it matter? From one's own hands, made of clay, or of stone, or even of a drawing? Does it... I'm not sure of the question. Does it matter if you make it yourself, or does it matter what material it's made out of? She is telling that Morti Morti... There's a difference between a Mati Murti and a stone Murti, a Patar Murti. There is. Uh, the Patar Murti is created by professional artisans and the Mati Murti, made of mud or clay or whatever you call it, uh, is you make it yourself. Now the difference between worshipping a murti that you make yourself and a murti that you purchased in the bazaar is big. It's a big difference. Because when you gather the materials for the express purpose of creating a form which is appropriate recipient of your devotion, only conceived in devotion, implemented in devotion, decorated in devotion, as the depiction of the object of your affection, you've got a relationship. Now, when the artisan purchases a stone which was mined by a miner for money and carved by a professional for money, and sold by a shopkeeper for money, then that stone murti requires a lot of affection in order to come alive. Exactly. <laughs> a lot of affection. You, you really got to love that stone <laughs> until you get stoned. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, mom! <laughs> she agrees with us. <laughs> we have a question from Sadatmananda in Washington. Namaste, Sadatmananda! Namaste. Do we have to start off deluded in every incarnation, only to later realize our nature through the Chandi? Actually, Sadatmananda, we start out with the pure intuitive vision, and then we become deluded. <laughs> you come out of the unity with your mother, in, just in the pure trust and the pure love, and the pure embodiment and embrace. The mother's going to take care of everything I need. Ma achenarami achi bhavanaki ache amar my hati kai ami ma ni achen sakal bahar. Mother is. 
and I am. And can you determine the intensity of my attitude, my devotion, my trust, my faith, my patience? I'll cry, she'll put food in my mouth. Uh, I'll poop and she'll come and clean me up. I, she, I have nothing to think about except ma, ma, ma. And you do. And you do. <laughs> and thereafter you become deluded as you grow up and think more and more about me, me, me. You stop thinking or you think less about you, you, you. And then the delusion sets in. So, actually, we come into this world fully enlightened and we condition ourselves or we become conditioned by our environment to give up our enlightenment and think about selfishness. You gotta protect yourself. You gotta become a somebody. You gotta do something great so that you can be recognized by a jury of your peers. We have a question from Laura in Vermont. Namaste, Laura in Vermont. Namaste. Are there any materials that are improper for making a morti? Is making a morti of cloth and cotton stuffing like a doll acceptable? It is acceptable. It is not traditional, but it is acceptable. But I'll tell you what we do. We mix the mud with the straw and we put uh, sticks in between and then we wrap it with old pieces of sari of cloth, of thin cloth, and then we put more mud on top of it. Uh, we'll have to have a class on that, on how to make your own murthies. That's really a fun class. Uh, namaste. We have a question from Moshami and Siddharth in Boulder. Namaste, Moshami Siddharth, Pranam, why did the king ask for a worldly boon while the businessman wisely asked for the highest wisdom for liberation? Doesn't asking for a worldly boon degrade the fruit of sadhana? Actually, his kingdom was the kingdom of good thoughts. He was chased out of the kingdom by the pillagers, the plunderers of peace, the enemies of worship. And when he got his kingdom back, he said, Okay, I'm now the king of good thoughts, and no bad thought will ever come into my kingdom again. I won't allow any plunderer of peace. I won't allow any enemy of worship. The destroyers of worship will not come into my kingdom again. Is it possible? <laughs> we can try. <laughs> He said, I am the king of good thoughts, and only good thoughts are going to reside in my kingdom. If you're a bad thought, boggle. Get out. Out, out, out. Out. And that, it wasn't really a worldly boon, although he wanted to be make sure that he was in charge and he was the paradar. He was the, the guard at the door to discriminate what thought can come in and all the thoughts that have to go out. So that was his boon, to be the king of good thoughts. Suhrat. He was the conveyor, the chariot of excellence. He wasn't just any rot. He wasn't roti. <laughs> he was surat, the conveyor of excellence, the chariot of goodness, of excellence, of, of, of the best. Ah. And, and in that way, he got to discriminate who gets to stay in my kingdom and who's getting a pink slip. He was like Ram. He was like Ram. Very much. Just like Ram, Ram, Ram. We have a question from Ambika in Princeton. Namaste, Ambika. Namaste, Sham. Namaste. I do pray for more devotion, and while I hate to admit it, the truth is that underneath that prayer, I also have the awareness that if I have more devotion, I'll have more peace and a better life, etc., etc. What is the difference between praying for more devotion or just praying for a better life? There's a big difference. Um, because the person who wants a better life is really not content with the life they have. 
But you could be very content and still want more devotion. But if she has the devotion, it automatically will be better life. Absolutely, Mom, you got it. Ambika, listen to your mother. If you have devotion, life is better. But if you pray for a better life, it's because I don't have a good life right now. I'm not quite satisfied with it. Make it a little bit. Who wants liberation? Only the person who's bound. Person who's free has no idea of liberation. What do I get liberated from? Someone who says, oh, I'm obligated, and I'm responsible, and I have all of these burdens to fulfill. They want liberation. Someone who says, look at the opportunities, and look at the privileges, and look at the joy of life manifesting my love through efficient action. What do they want to be liberated from? They're already liberated. We have a question from Vivek Nandan, Seattle. Namaste, Vivek! How did the businessman and the king go from not knowing anything about the chandi to performing intense austerities and yagyas overnight? Didn't they practice first? Well, that's what they did for three years. Day and night. By turns in chakra. Somebody got up at midnight. What idiot would do that? And they did the puja, and they did the pot, and they did the homa, and they did the sangeet, they studied the philosophy, and they wrote books, and they translated every syllable of every word so that they made sure they understood it completely. <laughs> they practiced. They didn't do it in one night. Uh, we did the Sahasra Chandi Yagya seven times, 21 years. We have a question from Sadatmananda. Namaste. Namaste. The businessman and the king offered their blood in the Chandi Sahasranam. Is the blood offering a part of our tradition? Could you please explain? I'd rather not. I don't want to confess. <laughs> So let's go on to the next question. <laughs> it's, it's somewhat related, uh -oh. but it's from Saranya. You bloodthirsty! All <laughs> <laughs> oh, bunch of tantrics! Could, could one offer wine or some other substitute for one's own blood? Well, this isn't exactly Christianity. Uh, no, actually the blood symbolizes my passion, my desire. I'm only desire you and I'm passionate in that desire. I am so sincere in that desire that I don't even want to maintain this physical existence without you. So there are many ways of doing it. We use Bilbapatra, those uh, this, the leaves with three leaves to a stem that Shiva loves. And uh, we would make little cuts in our body and when the blood came out, we would put it on every leaf and make swaha with each offering so that we would make a yagya with the blood of our own bodies. That was a tradition. And you could make cuts in your stomach, you could make cuts in your arm. It's hard to offer with your right arm when you're, uh, so you have to cut on the left arm so you can take the bilbapatra and make swaha, or you would make a little slit in your belly and you make swaha with your own blood. Uh, I don't want you to practice this now. I total disclaimer, you didn't hear it here. <laughs> but these are some of the, the extremes that sadhus will go to in the prosecution. I will save that for an advanced course. And when we go into the Himalayas with uh, a couple of guys, uh, maybe we can talk about these kinds of things. There are certain ways that you can use these traditions. Do you know um, the Kilikam Stap has a tradition, it, and this is all part of the Shruti, this is not part of the Smriti. That means it's part of the oral tradition which you will only learn by listening and seeing. You won't see it written in a book. This is what the traditions that's passed on from guru to disciple behind closed doors. And when I describe this puja, you'll understand the puja of the Kilika Stav is to give everything to the Divine Mother. And that means you sit stark naked 
ananasan, lajagrina boy tin takitanai, not shame, not hatred, not fear, no modesty, no. You sit there with nothing and give her everything and pray she doesn't give it back to you. You really pray that she doesn't give it back to me. And if you do the puja successfully, I remember one time in Rishikesh I was doing the puja of the Kilakstab and I sat down and I got through the Sankalpa, I got through this Shanti Swasti Vachan, I got almost to Ganesh and I said, this doesn't feel right. And I put everything I had, all my, my passport, my driver's license, my social security card, all my checks, whatever I had, every bit of wealth and identification, all my clothes, all my, everything I had, I put it on the altar and it doesn't feel right. I got up and walked around and then I started the puja again. I got a little farther the next time then it still didn't feel right. And I got up and I walked around the room and I was really, a, I, in my former life, I was a bookworm. And I had books on three walls of my room. They were just, I had put shelves and bricks and shelves. You know, you all went to college. And there was filled with books and suddenly, I gravitated towards one book and I pulled it off the shelf and opened it up and there was a five ruby note stuck in the book. <laughs> I found my problem. <laughs> and I took the five ruby note and put it on the altar and I was able to complete the puja with ease. <laughs> Unfortunately, she gave me some of the stuff back. <laughs> But there were times, <laughs> there was one time uh, in Shamashtipur, uh, 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 I was in a mela in uh, northern Bihar. Uh, uh, in Shamashtipur, I was in a mela and I took uh, a bath in a river, at, on the bank of a river, and I put all my clothes and I wore my loincloth into the river and I put everything I had just on the bank, not two yards away from me and I walked into the river and ducked down once, ducked down twice, ducked down three times and I got up and there was nothing there. <laughs> that was fast. I, I couldn't believe it. That was fast. I got and there I was. I had a wet loincloth and, and I got out of the river and uh, I was a little bit befuddled what to do wearing a wet longoti. Uh, so the only place I would feel comfortable was going to Shiva's temple and uh, I went to Shiva's temple and I was kind of funky and cold and shivering and I started chanting to Shiva and the Pujari said, aren't you cold? Uh, why don't you put something on? I said everything I had was just stolen. He said, well, somebody just offered this dhoti, here, you take this, and somebody offered a chadar, and then somebody came and they brought some sweets, and, and I lived like I never lived when I had money. <laughs> I stayed in that village for more than a week, and they took care of me. I was the lost adopted son of, of that village. Oh, there are times you pray that she won't give it back to you and she doesn't give it back to you. You say, oh my God. <laughs> and there are times where you say, I'm, I'm giving you everything, but you know, if you could give it back to me, be charming. <laughs> I'm not really to give it all up, am I? Please. We have a question from Julia. <laughs> Namaste, Julia. Namaste. When we get to say what we want in chapters 4 and chapter 11, is it okay to add to the text our prayer or request that we add in chapter 13 to ask for the purest, infinite, sincere, unending devotion? Probably not. And I'll tell you why. 
She asked the gods then and there what they wanted, and they said, we want something for ourselves, which is the illumination of divinity, and we want something for the world whenever anyone remembers you. We will, you will give us, or give them, the fruit of their karma. But in chapter 13, she says, you, what do you want? Now is it, now it's a direct question. Julia, so if you follow the story, you follow the grammar, then in chapter 4, and chapter 5, and chapter 11, when she says, what do you want? And, and the God said, this is what we want. That, you're a beneficiary to all of that, I promise. <laughs> but in chapter 13, she says to you, what do you want? And then you get the opportunity, grammatically correct, politically correct. It's, it's all full in, in keeping with the context of the text. You get to say, what do you want? And you may want something. Or you may want to be the king of good thoughts. Or you may want pure devotion. And the wisdom which keeps you there all the time. That's up to you. That's your choice. She asks you. In chapter 4, 5, and 11, she didn't ask you. She asked the gods. And they gave her a specific answer. Yes, please. We have a question from Robert and Elise. Namaste, Robert and Elise. In one class, you said to do the Kazakh Puja before you learn the Chandi. It seems to me that the Chandi is, the chandi is easier to learn. Is it different for each person? No, it's different for each moment of the day. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You can start with the Chandi and then move to the Cosmic Puja. The Chandi contains a small Puja at the beginning and a small Puja at the end. And your Puja will get bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, you, if you want to be professional about it, Jatha Vidi, then the Vidi says, do the Cosmic Puja, then do the Chandi Pot, then light the fire and do the Chandi Homa, two times Chandi, and then do the Upasangar Puja, and then do the Cosmic Puja again, and then you can talk about the Chandi in the night if you have any voice left. And that's the Vidi, that's a Chandi Yagipadoti. We do that for nine days or 108 days or longer periods of time. Yes, please. We have a question from Laura in Vermont. Namaste, Laura in Vermont. Namaste. Is the return journey to God always a journey from form back to formlessness, or do we have the choice to enjoy the forms of the Divine Mother forever? Oh, we get to go do both. Laura, we, we, here we are in the world of form, and we get to go to the world of formlessness. And then we get to come back to the world of form. And then we get to go back to the world of formlessness and we can see the form superimposed upon the screen of formlessness. And we get to do it all. And that's really the, our kul achala, the behavior of excellence. Whether you're sitting in samadhi or you're acting and interacting with the world, you remain in the same bhavana. Remember, there are eight kinds of behavior for a spiritual seeker. Vaishnavachara, which is the behavior of inspiration. And Vaidikachara, which is the behavior of learning. And Shaivachara, which is the behavior of practice. And Bhamachara, which is the behavior of using what you practice, all the knowledge that you learned to extricate yourself from the necessity to act. And Panchaman is the uh, Dakshinachara, which is uh, the, the behavior of, of, uh, of, 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 of preferred behavior is not having to act so much because I've done it, I've, I've, I've been there, I've done that, got the t-shirt, I'm done. I don't have to find another repeat performance of that same stupid thing I did the last time. I'm done. I could stay and amplify and expand my worship. And then comes Siddhantachara, which is the behavior according to the scriptures, which is karma yoga, puja pat, homa sangeet, nrit, 
Pravachan Arpon. And then comes Yogachara, which is the behavior of union. And then comes Kulachara, which is the behavior of excellence. Whether you're sitting in yoga in the behavior of union, or you're worshiping in Siddhantachara, or you're per performing seva, or you're demonstrating the sincerity of your love, you stay in the same bhava. You have the same excitement, the same passion, the same zest for life. You didn't give up yet. And so, it, yes, it, you, you get to see the sakara and the nirakara, that which has form and that which is beyond form. You see them both. We have a question from Sadhana Shakti in Seattle. Namaste Sadhana Shakti! Pranam. When the thoughts and desires gather all their friends and are banging on the door, how do we really not answer? I'm trying to pray harder to mother, but they are coming in full force. Thank you for any advice. Oh, Sadhana, you could just say, hey, door, you know you're there to keep those thoughts out. <laughs> Let them knock all they want. I have a sudden culpa. I'm not going to move my knees. I can't get up to answer the door. I won't go and answer the, the phone. I'm sorry if I can't control my mind, but I can sure control my body. So I'm not going to respond. I'm not getting up. I'm not giving up my puja in order to go answer the door and find out which thought is there. I know whichever one is there beating on my door. I don't want to pay attention to it right now. Now is my time to spend time with you. And in this way, you can argue with your mind. Mind, come back here. Don't wander in the unconscious. Come back here. Don't let those desires and thoughts pull on you and take you outside where you don't have any capacity to resist. At least let me sit with my knees glued to the floor. Never got in trouble with my knees on the floor. I can't make any other bad memories by having my knees on the floor. Only when I get up and follow my desires do I get into trouble. We have a follow-up question from Sadhana Shakti. Yes, please. But what about when we're not in an asana? Sit down! <laughs> Quickly! When those desires come and their forces attack, sit down and put your knees now, on the floor. What's the meaning of when she's not sitting on asana? What purpose she's talking that? Uh, because if she's standing at a checkout stand in a grocery store, or she's sitting in an office uh, where so many people are calling to her, do this, do that, and if she's, or if she's in the bazaar, walking through the mall, and every piece of merchandise is calling, Sadhana Shakti, come here, come here, wouldn't I be look nice in your house? Wouldn't your house be even nicer because of my appearance there. Why don't you take me home with you? Uh, seeing and buying instead of making a budget and buying what you need. She can keep her mind 24 hours. That's the asana. That's the asana. Yes. Yeah. When you keep your mind sitting still, you bring your mind back to the asana, you bring your mind back to the murti, you bring your mind back to the altar, you bring your mind back to focus on your goal. Wow! Keep your baba all the time. I, out of the words, the words from the mouth of the Divine Mother herself. Keep your baba all the time. Now, how do we do that? Remember your goal. Remember your plan. Remember your guru. Remember your budget. Remember what you really want to do in the long term and don't get excited about this sudden infatuation with a momentarily pleasure. Keep your goal, bring your mind back to the asana, and put it in the center. Wow, great idea. <laughs> Thank you. We have a question from Ambika. Namaste Ambika. 
I am in the midst of a fierce battle with too much and too little. I am trying to empty my home of 24 years of many physical belongings, but my family wants this or that, and sometimes I even look at something and feel nostalgic. And then, sometimes I can easily throw it all away. What is the secret to developing the strength to finally empty out the household? <laughs> um, because the, 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 the secret is deeply hidden within. That's why it's called a secret. It's a mystery because it's not overt. It's not outside. And when you go inside and you see all the stuff that you've collected inside, all the memories, all the tapes, all the movies, all that library of experience that you've been gathering all these years, you think your house is bad, you should see what's in your storage closet. You should think I'm the instrument of your peace. That's a great idea, Mother. <laughs> That's a great idea. You should think that you're an instrument of her peace. So, Mother will give you a broom and a dustpan and help you go into your storeroom and become an instrument of her peace. Thank you. We have a question from Vishveshwar. Excuse me, Mother. We have a question from Vishveshwar. Yes, please. It seems that Ma not only manifests from age to age, but from minute to minute, whenever we forget and slip into Maya. Can you please comment? Oh, yes, she sure does. And not only that, she manifests in order to throw you into Maya. <laughs> She's going to put you in the Maya and then she will take you out when she's satisfied by the sincerity of your devotion. Right. Her energy is ubiquitous. She has, she, she energizes every single individual form of existence. And when we get infatuated with any one form, then we forget about the mother and we pay attention to the form. And we forget about the whole, we pay, individual, pay attention to the particular. And we forget about the forest and we get mesmerized by the tree. So she will put you in the maya and she hurls, she grabs the perceiving capacity of all of existence with such force as to hurl them into the whirlpool of forgetfulness, of attachment, of delusion. And by her, you are being deluded, you, you have been deluded and you will be deluded. And it's she who will grant you liberation at the end of your delusion. Yes, please. Is that fun for her? <laughs> you got to ask her. I don't know. It was. It, it, I was dealt this hand. I didn't create this. If I, you know, when I'm the creator, I can say, "Whoa, I'm sure glad I don't have to do it anymore." But when I'm a participant, I, I don't know if she has fun for her doing that. Uh, I, I have the I have the the caramel of performing according to her dictates. Now I can choose to resent that caramel, and then I'll be full of animosity and displeasure, and it won't be fun at all. Or I can choose to to conceive the solution and forget about the problem. I have no problems, I only have solutions. <laughs> and I don't have any burdens, and I don't have any responsibilities, I don't have any obligations, it's just a blast. Whether I like it or not, <laughs> it's fun for me. I don't care about her, <laughs> it's fun for, I guess if it's fun for me, it must be fun for her. You like it when I have fun? Yeah, okay, <laughs> so that's, that's cool. All the women in the world have her form reflect her nature entirely. So if it's fun for me, it's fun for her. While I'm having fun, she's thinking, hey, look at Swam. Good fun, not bad fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good fun. Yeah. We have a question from Swarupananda in Seattle. Namaste, Swarup. Pranam. 
You said that when the mother disappeared after giving boons, she really went inside. How is it that we can strengthen that bond with her on the inside? Do we first need to have her vision on the outside, like Samadhi and Sarvani had? Yeah, that's how it works. We build with our own hands the earthen image, the murti. We sit with the murti, the image of our, the recipient of our love. And we give it love and we give it attention. We serve that image of our attention on the outside until we become so intimate with that image, so united with that image, so much that that image is a part of us. And then we can close our eyes and feel that image on the inside and do the same puja inside. So we work from the gross body to the subtle body to the causal body. all the time. And that's why we work on the asam, then the pranaya. We go from the anamaya kosh to the pranamaya kosh to the manamaya kosh, subtle body. And it gets more subtle and more subtle. And we become more fixed in that discipline, more habituated to that tradition. So it becomes very easy to turn on our love switch and say, okay, now I'm in love. Okay, now I'm going to give you pure devotion. Shramji, it's not to be a great instrument. Ah, <laughs> absolutely. All we need to do is let her play us. <laughs> and believe me, I've been played. Om Sam Saraswati Maha. Namaste.